and welcome to the Nutrition by Samantha podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, nutritionist who is on a mission to cut through the nutrition confusion and help you become the healthiest version of you. In this podcast, you'll find expert advice on all things binge and emotional eating, sustainable fat loss, sports nutrition, and all things in between. I hope you leave each episode inspired and empowered to make smarter eating choices. Now, let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome back to another episode. I went to the gym yesterday. Uh, no, was it yesterday? Yes, it was. Yes. And I was doing legs and the leg extension machine was occupied. And I'm like, stuff this. I am not waiting around for them to get off. I've got to get home, get dressing, get ready for my appointment. So I'm like, oh, I'll just do step ups instead. And when you do step ups, like you really got to focus on using your quads because when you step up, you can sort of focus more on the glutes or focus more on the quads. And because I was training more like quads yesterday, I really want to focus on the quads. So I really pushed up with my quads for these step ups. And um, yeah, I don't usually do step ups because I don't like them and they just take too much time and it's a lot of effort, but I did them anyway because just have to do one more exercise and then I'm like, okay, I can go. But seriously, one extra, uh, one extra exercise in my routine that's different to what I've usually been doing and I'm cooked. I can barely walk. I can barely move. My glutes are sore. I'm like, man, I was focusing on my quads and my glutes are still sore. Oh, man, no matter, like, no matter how well your body gets used to exercise, as soon as you do one thing slightly different, your body's like, <laughs> nope, you are going to pay for this. And now you are not going to be able to walk for three days afterwards. I'm just assuming three days. It's only been one day. Luckily, we didn't end up going surfing today because we were going to go. And then it was just shit ass weather. So we didn't go. And thank God, because I don't think I'd honestly be able to stand up on the board because my legs are so sore. <laughs> but anyway, um, I just feel like by now your muscles should get used to exercise, but apparently not... So if this is the same with you, I feel you. It sucks, but we just got to push through. No pain, no gain, right? That's what they say. <sighs> anyway, today's episode is on protein. Why does everyone go on about protein? Why do I need protein? How much do we need? What are the types of protein? Ah, so many questions about protein. So I will go through it all today and I'm sure you'll get so, so much value out of this. But first, don't think I'd forgotten. Food recommendation. Okay, this week I am having rice paper rolls and they are freaking amazing. Oh, so good. So that is my recommendation for the week is to make some rice paper rolls. They are so low in calories, which is amazing. And you can have like three or four and actually get full of it. I'm not going to lie. I made them for lunch just about five minutes before I hopped on this. As in I ate it five minutes before this and I made four rolls. And I got to the fourth one. I'm like, oh my God, I am so full. So when you are a mindful eater, like me, like you, what do we do when we're full? We feed the dog because my dog is never full. So she ate my rice paper roll. But what I put in them is obviously you've got your rice paper. You've got to put a source of protein in there. So whether that is chicken, uh, prawns, tofu, I think those are the three that taste good. I don't eat pork, so I'm not sure that tastes good. I don't really eat red meat at all, but I don't think that, I don't know. I just don't think red meat goes with rice paper rolls, but anyway, you probably could put it in there and then add in your vegetables. So I had spinach, grated carrot, capsicum, and cucumber. 
I also love adding in sesame seeds and I forgot to buy it, but if I sprinkle some sesame seeds in it, oh, balls. And I also put coriander in it because I love coriander and a lot of people don't like it, so don't put it in if you don't like it. But I don't add vermicelli noodles in for a couple of reasons. Number one, and the most important reason, is I am lazy. Lazy, lazy, lazy. So I'm not going to be trying to boil up rice paper, rice noodles to put in my rice paper rolls, stuff that. So I opt out of that. A second reason is there's already carbohydrates in the rice paper roll, in the rice paper. So I don't need to add in more carbohydrates. Unless I had like an intense session, I'm hitting the gym really hard, I'm running around just doing a lot of things and I feel like I need extra carbohydrates, then I would recommend putting in um, rice noodles just to bulk up the the carb content if needed. But honestly, even for me, if I was just flat out busy, training hard and everything, I probably still wouldn't add the noodles in because I am lazy. That always comes first. (laughs) I am queen of laziness when it comes to eating and just make things nice and simple. The fact that I'm even making rice paper rolls for lunch is amazing in itself because that's a bit of work. When I say a bit of work, you've got to wrap it up each individually, need them fresh. If you want to take them to work, one of my clients puts them in a container and then separates them with baking paper. And I think that works well for her from memory of what she was saying. I personally haven't taken them out of the house and eaten them elsewhere before, but if you're dedicated to the role, give it a go. I'm sure it'll, it'll work out fine. Now, if you are wanting to know good portion size, I think from memory, when calorie tracking it, three is an ideal amount to hit between four to 500 calories. If you are quite hungry, just have four. That's plenty. And it's even a great option for if you're out and about and you're you know shopping and whatever and you need to get some lunch or you work at a at a shopping center, getting rice paper rolls is a great option to help manage calorie uh, balance. So one of my clients works at High Point and if she forgot her lunch or didn't have time to make it, we've worked out how many rice paper rolls she can have and what types she can have and still make sure she's within her, within her calories. So that works out wonderful for her. I just realized I said High Point. High Point is a shopping center in Victoria. So if you're not from there, that's what it is. It's just a massive shopping center. Anyway, yes. So that's my recommendation. Give them a trot. It's such trot. <laughs> my God, you can tell I've had two coffees today. Give it a shot and see how you go. I think it's a great option for like a Friday night if you're wanting to eat something a little bit healthier, but a bit more fun. It takes a tiny bit more time than maybe just putting things in an air fryer or whatever, but totally worth it. You feel good afterwards because it's so fresh. Love it. Actually, I've also seen TikToks of people lightly frying it in a pan with like a really small amount of extra virgin olive oil. Do I recommend that if you're wanting to watch calories? No. Would I try it? Probably. But if you're trying to watch calorie intake, I probably would not recommend that. My next recommendation, which is something I've just thought of on the spot because I looked down, is for my wedding ring. So I'm always like either at the beach, at the gym, doing dishes. I'm always just doing things with my hands. And I don't wear my wedding band or my engagement ring very often because I just don't like to. Um, So we have gotten silicon wedding bands that we can wear like at the gym or just out and about. So we don't have to worry about scratching our rings. And it's honestly such a good idea. So you still have, you know, the sentiment of wearing a 
a band on your wedding finger without having to worry about your rings getting scratched or damaged or anything like that. Especially at the gym. The amount of times I see people wearing their rings at the gym, I'm like, bro, it's not worth the scratches. Just don't don't bring them. I understand why people want to wear them. So that's why I recommend the silicone wedding bands as an option. I got one in white. So I've just been wearing that every day. Like if you follow me on Instagram, not that you would even take notice, but a lot of the times in videos when I'm talking or even on calls, I'm not wearing my rings. It's just, I'm at home. So I'm like, it's not like I'm going out. So I don't see the reason for wearing it and, you know, getting it dirty or potentially scratching it. So this band works perfectly. Complete tangent, nothing to do with nutrition. So I hope you found that valuable. <laughs> All right, let's get into the episode before I ramble on about something random. Protein. We'll start with what is protein? I know it's probably really basic, but in case you didn't know, protein is found throughout the body in muscle, bone, skin, hair, and virtually every other body part or tissue. It makes up the enzymes that power any chemical reactions and the hemoglobin that carries oxygen in your blood. There's at least 10,000 different proteins that make up what you are and keep you that way. Protein is made from 20 plus basic building blocks called amino acids. Because we don't store amino acids, our body make them into two different ways. They either make them from scratch or by modifying others. And there are nine essential amino acids. So I'll quickly name them. You just This is going to go straight over your head, but you've got histidine, isoleucine, leucine, which is essential for muscle protein synthesis. So I'll go through that in a moment. Lysine, methionine, oh my God, I can't even say that one, phenylalanine, ferronine, tryptophan, and valine. These are the essential amino acids and they must come from food. Okay. Now, why do we need protein, especially when we're on our weight loss journey? Why is it important to have protein? The number one is muscle protein synthesis. So when we are in a calorie deficit, we want to be maintaining as much muscle mass as possible because in a calorie deficit, we are going to be losing weight. And when we lose weight, we want it to come from our fat stores. We don't want it to come from our muscles. So by consuming enough protein in our diet, it's going to help maintain as much muscle mass as possible because we don't want to lose muscle mass, especially if you are older, older than 30, your muscle mass starts to decline. We want to maintain as much as we can. So by doing this, we want to eat as much protein as we can. When I say as much, we don't want to overdo it, but we want to make sure we've got enough protein in our diet. And I'll go through how much protein we actually need to maintain muscle mass in a deficit. Okay. And if you are just say wanting to build muscle, that's when we know we definitely need to make sure we are having enough protein in our diet to be able to build muscle and especially enough leucine in our diet too, which is very easy to get. Another reason why we need protein, especially on a weight loss journey, is that it keeps you fuller for longer. So one of the biggest things that impact weight loss is hunger, right? Like if we're hungry, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm a savage when I'm hungry. Um, I, like I cannot handle it. I am the extreme definition of hangry and I hope no one ever sees that. <laughs> um And protein helps satisfy us. It keeps us fuller for longer. So when we have enough protein in our diet, we're less likely to get hungry and more likely to stick to our diet or nutrition plan. 
diet or nutrition plan. Protein is, I would say, the most satiating out of all the macronutrients. So the other macronutrients are carbs and fats. Another one is also alcohol, but let's just not talk about alcohol. (laughs) I don't think anyone thinks about their macronutrient content when they're having alcohol. And there's actually been many studies that have all pointed to the same thing, that higher protein equals more satiety and less hunger. So for example, in one study, high protein snacks allow people to go longer between eating and also cause them to eat less at subsequent meals, which is amazing. So eating less in the next meals because we've had enough protein in our snacks or in our previous meals as well. Amazing. Another study showed that including protein into a glass of water decreased hunger compared to water alone. So that's obviously talking about protein shakes. Just touching on protein shakes. So I always hear people say, oh, I just had a quick protein shake before bed just to help bump up my protein content. Or I had a protein shake with my with my breakfast just to help get my more protein in. It's really important to remember though, if you are on a journey of weight loss and wanting to reduce body fat, doesn't matter how much protein you have. If you are not in a calorie deficit, you are not going to see the results that you're after. So you need to make sure your protein intake is high, but you're still in your calorie deficit, okay? Sometimes people always look for the higher protein options compared to lower protein options. That's always a great um, idea. But at the same time, if your higher protein option is putting you into a calorie surplus, there's no point having it if your idea is for weight loss, okay? So you need to make sure you're still in your calorie deficit. So important. Now, it's important to have protein with every meal because I don't know about you, but just say you had, I don't know, cornflakes and milk for breakfast, maybe a piece of fruit. It might fill you up at the time. Maybe an hour later, you're starting to feel hungry. It doesn't fill you up for long enough because it's such a low protein meal. So instead, something you could do would be like oats and maybe add in a tablespoon of peanut butter or banana or even mix in some protein powder that could be a great option now just remember even though i mentioned peanut butter doesn't provide a lot of protein but it could help just fill you up that little bit better too so another example of this could be a sandwich so if you have a sandwich with just say ham cheese and tomato not much protein you're going to be getting in there compared to if you had some shredded chicken or something a bit more um denser in protein that would be a better option because the ham slices or like deli slices of meat are so thin they could provide barely any protein so it's not a decent protein source like that you've got to have something a bit more substantial in it so having shredded chicken could be amazing and this is going to keep you so much fuller for longer if you're a vegetarian boiling up some eggs and or scrambling up some eggs and put it into a sandwich that could be a great option too maybe even add in a slice of cheese and that might help bump up the protein content too So you've really got to think about, okay, what's my protein source in every single meal? Look at it. Now, if you're going out for a meal and you pick a lower protein option, not a huge deal. The size of those meals are probably going to fill you up anyway. But if you're at home making a meal, you've got to look at, okay, where's my protein in this meal? It's okay to have a low protein meal here and there. Just got to make sure it's going to keep you full. So I would definitely bump up the fiber content. 
for example, if you have like a veggie pasta, you don't want to really add any meat to your pasta. Maybe what you can do is swap your regular pasta for a pulse pasta or a Veta Smart pasta because they are higher in protein. This is going to, again, keep you fuller for longer, which is amazing. Maybe you can even blend up an egg and blend up, whisk up an egg and put that into your pasta too. That could be a great option to help bump up the protein content in your meal. All in all, you just got to make sure that your meal has enough protein in it. It's going to make a huge difference overall to the satiety and also to the weight loss side of things. Hey, this is a super quick interruption to tell you about my new program, The NBS Method. After working one-on-one with over 400 people on their weight loss journey, I have developed my own unique formula and method to help clients get from restriction, binge and emotional eating, self-sabotaging behavior, and having no idea what actually works for weight loss to feeling in control, confident, knowing how to deal with their triggers, becoming a more mindful eater, knowing how to eat for fat loss, and finally seeing the weight loss results that they're after. This five-month nutrition coaching program will show you how to lose weight in a sustainable way, stop overeating, reduce binge and emotional eating, and finally feeling in control over your eating rather than food having control over you. Within the first few weeks, you'll start to feel lighter, healthier, more confident, and energized. You'll be in control over how much you're eating, you'll understand your triggers for emotional and binge eating, and you know you've learned the necessary steps to maintain your new healthy lifestyle. I'm so confident that you will gain so much value out of this program, and by the end of the five months, you will know exactly what you need to do moving forward to continue to see the results you're after or maintain your weight loss results. If this is exactly what you need right now, head to the link in the show notes to book your no obligation phone call to see if it's the right fit for you. Okay, let's get back into the episode. All right. And the final reason why we need enough protein in our diet, especially on a fat loss diet, is because of the thermic effect of food. So the thermic effect of food is the energy required to digest each macronutrient. And it's measured as a percentage of the energy provided by it. So the thermic effect of food represents roughly 10% of our calorie intake. Um, and it really just depends on several factors such as your age, meal timing, macronutrient composition. So that's why it's important to have a higher protein diet when you are trying to lose weight. So the energy required to digest each macronutrient is expressed as a percentage of the energy provided by the macronutrient. So fat provides nine calories per gram. So of these nine calories, we are going to burn about zero to five percent of these nine calories, and that's going to be a part of the thermic effect of food. Carbohydrates and protein both provide four calories per gram. And the difference is with carbohydrates, we are only burning about five to fifteen percent of this um, of the carbohydrates in the thermic effect of food. Whereas the protein, we're going to be burning up to twenty to thirty percent of the amount of protein we're consuming. So it's a lot higher with protein. So it is important to make sure we are getting enough protein in because the difference, if you have a low protein diet compared to a high protein diet, could be the difference in what the amount of fat you're losing each week is because it just helps push you further into that calorie deficit. Because we're having a higher protein food, we are burning more energy to help digest this protein, which pushes us into a calorie deficit and makes it a bit easier. Now, how much protein do we need? The recommendations from the government is 0.8 grams roughly per kilo of body weight. 
And I would say this is the absolute bare minimum. I think it was previously 0.6 and it has been bumped up to 0.8 from memory. Because I remember at uni, I swear it was 0.6, but yes, it's um, bumped up to 0.8. But I still think this is quite low. Now, if you are a sedentary person, you're sitting down, not doing much, you're not really trying to lose weight, you're just living your best life, doing what you do. That could be okay. If you are on a weight loss diet, trying to lose weight, I would make sure you're getting at least 1.2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. Now, you might be thinking, Sam, I'm 150 kilos. I cannot eat that much protein. That is insane. Totally get it. And I probably wouldn't recommend that for you. Okay. What I would recommend you go by is where you want to be. So just say you're 150 and you want to be 80 kilos. That's your goal. Base this number off 80 kilograms. That would be a lot more realistic for you to consume um, protein wise compared to if you were to go off your current weight, if you are in a larger body. Now, if you are trying to gain muscle, that's where we'd go bump it up to anywhere between like 1.6 to 2.2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. This is going to help us build muscle. Um, and we'd also probably would need to be in a calorie surplus to, to build enough muscle as well. So not technically for people seeking fat loss, but if you are seeking to build a significant amount of muscle, we do need to be bumping that protein content up. up. Now, to be able to actually build muscle, we do need to be having enough leucine. So if you remember from before, leucine is one of our essential amino acids. So we needed three to four grams of leucine to promote muscle protein synthesis. Now, you're probably thinking, I don't know how much leucine is in my food. Fair enough, you know. So (laughs) I'm about to give you a basic rundown. 100 grams of chicken gives you two grams of leucine. Super easy to achieve then if you only need four grams to promote muscle protein synthesis. It's 1.6 grams of leucine in 100 grams of salmon, three grams of leucine and 100 grams of beef. So as you can see, it's quite easy to hit. If you are just eating a well-balanced diet, you will easily, easily, easily get enough protein. Oh my God, get enough leucine in for fat loss. Oh my gosh, for promoting muscle protein synthesis. Now, I assume people know what types of protein are what, but I'm going to go through it anyway because I know some people are like, oh, is that a protein source? I'm not too sure. So for our non-vegetarian people, so people who eat all foods, our protein sources are things like chicken, turkey, red meat such as lamb, pork, beef, um, any fish, so prawns, whitefish, oysters, mussels, all these calamari, all sources of protein, which is great. And these can be in pretty much any form as well, whether it's sausages, burger patties, or like cuts of meat, all of those are perfectly fine. Other sources are like eggs, cheese, in particular cottage cheese is quite high in protein, and milk too. So there are some dairy sources of protein. Now, despite what some people might think, there are many ways to get protein in your diet if you are on a vegan or vegetarian diet. So some veggie sources of protein are tofu, falafels, beans, legumes, lentils, eggs, cheese, milk, chickpeas, uh, a lot of the plant-based sources of protein like microprotein, I think it's called corn in um in the supermarkets there's so many different plant-based options of protein that are like the fake chickens and all of that i know a lot of vegetarians don't like consuming them but if you do yeah great option it's really important to remember though 
that not all plant-based proteins are complete proteins. So to have a complete protein, we need at least nine essential amino acids. And not all of your protein sources have adequate amounts of these. So what I recommend is if you are having a plant-based diet to combine a couple of different protein sources into your meals. So that way you are getting different amounts of um, amino acids in your diet through different sources of protein. So for example, if you are having a soup, maybe adding in some lentils, quinoa and beans, all these different types of protein will be a great option to diversify the amount of amino acids we're getting in. Now, when people are on a standard diet, usually what that looks like is a source of protein, and then carbohydrates, and then your vegetables. When you're vegetarian, you can't exactly do this unless you're having tofu for every single meal. You can do that, like have tofu, and then maybe have some potatoes, and then half a plate of veg, and that's a really good, well-balanced plate. But if you don't want to have tofu for every meal for the rest of your life, what I recommend you do is mix up your protein sources and have these as your carbohydrate sources as well because a lot of the vegetarian sources of protein contain a fair bit of carbs as well which is totally fine and it just helps with i suppose making a meal more balanced is if you combine two different of these protein sources as well and have them as your carbohydrate sources too so an example of how you could do this would be if you did like some sort of stir fry with like lentils and chickpeas or lentils and beans probably goes a bit better have your veggies in there that could be a really great source of protein carbohydrates and your vegetables all in one there are definitely ways to do it um, and a lot of time when I have vegetarian clients if I don't have some sort of mixture with dinner I do make sure there's a different type of carb of protein with their lunch just to help diversify the amount of protein in their diet now there also are a fair few snacks that you can have that are high protein. So my favorite go-tos would be things like tuna or cottage cheese on toast or on rice cakes, Greek yogurt, hard-boiled eggs, protein shake, cheese sticks. There's so many different high protein snacks, but they're my definite go-tos for my clients because I just find they're easy, quick to take with you. There's even protein bars. Um, at least have 10 grams of protein in your protein bar and less than 200 grams, sorry, 200 calories as well. So that is what I would look for. Anyway, that is it for this episode. I really hope it gave you an insight into protein, why we need it, what it does for us, and different types of protein. That's all you really need to know about protein. The timing of food, honestly, it kind of does matter. Um, I know people say, oh, how much protein at what times and all this. What number one matters is the amount of protein you're getting in your diet. Number two is how it's distributed. I would definitely recommend splitting it up throughout the day and not trying to have your entire protein hit in one meal. Um, this would just help with appetite regulation mostly. So I really recommend to, yeah, split up your protein. Have it, have it throughout the day. It'll make it a lot easier. If you have any questions in regards to protein, send me a DM on Instagram, nutrition underscore by Samantha, and I will be sure to answer that for you. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, I would so love it if you could leave me a positive review on iTunes or Spotify. That would mean so much to me. If you have any questions about working with me to improve your health, improve your lifestyle, send me a DM on Instagram, or you can book a call through my website, nutritionbysamantha.com.au, and we can have a chat about whether the MBS method is suitable for you or not. All right, well, have a lovely, lovely day, and I shall chat to you next Thursday. Bye.